Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Racetech. Racetech suspension, the gold valves, they're basically a revalve in the box. And you can get your service done through Racetech and actually save money with Big MX Radio by mentioning Big MX Radio when you order your parts or service through Racetech. Uh, that's a 10% discount that we extend to every single one of the Big MX Radio faithful. And let's be honest, you guys definitely need to get your suspension tuned up and ready to go for this upcoming season. So look to Racetech. And they also do engines. You might not, not already know that the Team Solitaire team uh, in Yamaha for Supercross was uh, racing the 250 uh, West Coast. And they're also supporting Cole Thompson to race on the East Coast. On a, uh, it's a, I believe he's on a... Uh, a 250f but he's racing in the 450 class uh and he'll be in tampa this weekend as well so uh great on those guys for helping him out and they run race tech engines um big mx radio is also sponsored by luxon mx luxon mx is not just another triple triple clamp company that produces triple clamps that uh different anodized colors to make your bike look cool they are engineers who are passionate about pushing the limits of the status quo and uh, basically leaving that in the dust. And you can save 10% on Luxon MX with Big MX at checkout. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Andy Gregg over at Guts Racing. Uh, Guts Racing, great company, great product. Uh, Andy Gregg has been making seats complete seats for so long and he's really gotten the process down to a science uh greg's ultra trick seats is a place where you can uh, save 20 percent with big mx 20 at checkout let's be honest james you need a brand new seat for your yamaha tip to tail the thing needs to be replaced base foam cover you name it do so with guts racing and save 20 percent with big mx 20 at checkout wusa uh, if you're, if you're like me, you probably run a 2020, I, I run a 2016, uh, 252 stroke from KTM and the wheels, they're pretty straight, but they definitely need to be replaced by my good friends over at WSA. Uh, they make great stuff out of the best components available and, uh, everything is put together in Orange County, California. Uh, so Support that business. They are, are diehards about motocross and uh, they love it. And whether you're building up uh, a vintage bike to look great in your living room uh, or your garage or you uh, happen to be uh, getting ready to race some supercross of some sort, uh, do so with WUSA. Um, also on board with us, Phoenix Handlebars. Big MX 15 saves you 15% on, on Phoenix Handlebars. And brand new to the podcast, just in the last little while here, we have Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Heartbeat Hot Sauce is available through uh, Amazon as well as their website. And uh, I also noticed it at the local grocery store, which is pretty cool. You don't often see one of your sponsors at the grocery store. But yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was pretty neat to see that uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce was available. And uh, honestly, I love it. I've tried the Scorpion. I've tried the uh, Red Habanero. Um, and they're both really, really tasty. I've been adding them to eggs in the morning. I've been adding them to my meal prep. I even had, uh, I made some uh, some cowboy butter for the steak that I made this weekend. And it was unbelievable. All right, let's jump straight into the analysis for Houston Supercross, kicking things off with the 250 class. And uh, honestly, 250 East had their very first round. I was incredibly impressed 
with how the season kicked off with these guys. Tons of talent in this series, even though we have lost multiple factory guys uh, with Nick Romano uh, being added to that, obviously, um, just late last week, uh, letting everybody know that he had had a knee injury. He actually came out today on Instagram, pretty emotional, uh, letting everybody know that uh, he's going in for surgery, uh, I believe it's a torn ACL and a meniscus issue, which will likely hold him out for a whole lot longer than uh, he had originally anticipated. We likely will not see Nick Romano line up on the gate until 2024, which is a huge bummer because, uh, yeah, just to to see him uh, have uh, such a rocky start to a a career after such a successful amateur career, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a bummer to see. Uh, But, we had we still have a ton of talent in that class, and we also had some surprises. First and foremost, being Max Anstey. Like when we first did our preview show for the for the uh, this particular class, you got to think that Max Anstey, not somebody who typically like he's not a Supercross guy. Of course, he had some time racing Supercross many many years ago, but like I said, that's many many years ago. Uh, spent a lot of time over in Europe last year. He's racing on a 450, uh, which um, was a. I guess he's he had multiple seasons on a 450 in Supercross. Of of course, 2021 he was on the uh, Hep Suzuki team, uh, which had mixed mixed success. Uh, he did make a, a lot of main events uh, straight in through the heat race. He's just a good starter. Uh, last year, obviously, was uh, a bit of a melee with the team that he was on being uh, a team that sort of had fallen apart, which is a total bummer, but it is what it is. Um, but I digress. Max Anstey, I don't think, was on anybody's radar to, to get on the podium for the first round of this series, although it wasn't completely out of the realm of possibilities. He certainly is a top 10 guy, uh, but I'm sure more than a few people would have slotted a guy like Jeremy Martin or Michael Moseman into that spot ahead of him. And he didn't just get third on the, like, he wasn't just on the outside of the podium. Like He's right in the, me- the middle of that podium in the second place spot. Um, yeah, like that, that's a great start to the season for him. Uh, he, he qualified first in times. He was second in his heat race. Um, he was, he was up front the entire day. Like he had good lap times. Um, his, his start was in the fourth place spot. He moved up a couple of spots and stayed there. And another guy who I think really blew a lot of people's doors off, uh, as far as like outperforming what he was expected is Tom Vial. Tom Vial is the is a French rider who KTM has brought over here to essentially like learn Supercross, dominate outdoors, and 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 essentially like, kind of become a, a second coming uh, of a guy like Marvin Muscan. Obviously, Marvin had a very very successful career and still has a very successful career. Yet to be seen whether he is able to properly come back from his current injury. But regardless. Um, I, I'm extremely encouraged to see this kid who he's had great starts in the past. Uh, he's had, uh, rides where it's like absolutely incredible to see him move through the pack, uh, on some bad starts, but he, his, his calling card is getting good starts and, and staying up front. And like for him to have led two laps already in this championship, uh, with only one round in, like 
color me is extremely surprised and uh, and pleasantly surprised, honestly, because um, to add him into sort of a uh, a list of guys who can contend for this championship, I think, is a huge boon for this championship moving forward and uh, something that we can all be really, really excited about because that's just one more guy in a championship that for all intents and purposes has been, the air has been let out of it a little bit with the the injuries to Team Pro Circuit as well as Jalik Swole, who like those guys were, were the guys who were more than likely going to uh, be able to contend for this championship or at least make it very difficult for Hunter Lawrence who he did lead 16 laps. He looked good all day. The 96 looked very workmanlike. Like this, this was a a lunch bucket win, as far as I've ever seen one uh, for Hunter Lawrence. He he was quiet most of the day, went about his business, took care of it, and uh, he comes out with a win. He he qualified. Uh, he wins his qualifier. Uh, he gets the whole shot. Uh, but of course, on the first lap there, he is actually credited with the whole shot. Tom Vial wasn't, uh, but it was on that n- next straightaway. Uh, Tom Vial throw like does a complete turn down, throws the back end at uh, at Hunter. He ends up going off track, and what could have been a catastrophic incident, uh, he ends up going kind of splitting the lane a little bit, rushing into that uh, that second corner, and is able to sort of salvage that first lap. Uh, in fact, like on the start, he is uh, credited with third, and then he moves quickly into the first place spot after a couple laps, never looks back, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was leading by over six or seven seconds at the final bell when the checkered flag flew. And honestly, this was to be expected of Hunter Lawrence. I think he's the class of this field. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he has the most wins aside from maybe Jeremy Martin, who hasn't had a win in quite some time. Uh, actually, I think Martin would have the most amount of wins within this field, which actually this this field uh, does not have any previous Supercross championship winners and only has uh, one, two, three, four current uh, Supercross winners who uh, who have won races before. So you're going to get some new winners in this championship. Um, but I, I think Hunter Lo- this is Hunter Lawrence's championship to lose. Um, I think he's going to be fast. I think he's going to be consistent. And I think he's going to have his wits about him every single weekend. It's going to have to, it, he's going to have to either beat himself with a crash or something along those lines to uh, sort of upset his apple cart. Uh, but there's some guys who are going to have something to say about it. Um, out of Georgia, uh, or at least, um, like staying there now is Jordan Smith, who sort of has a new lease on life as far as his supercross career. Uh, the guy who, who raced well for Geico Honda mutually, uh, left that team, went straight to TLD KTM where, um, uh, he had he had some success there. I honestly, I honestly think that was the the uh, to to date that was the best part of his career. Multiple wins, uh, took the championship down to the final round in two different seasons, um, and all for all intents and purposes, probably should have won that title uh, in 2017 in Vegas, if not for going ass over tea kettle down uh, the main straightaway after uh, going outside of the stadium there. Um, not only was that a catastrophic injury or catastrophic crash, but he also injured himself in that crash. So that was a huge bummer for him. Um, but a third place on the day, um, he, I believe he, uh, he got, he gets qualified second. So I think that means he, he won his heat race. I can't, can't remember off the top of my head whether or not he did, but I'm pretty sure he did win his heat race. 
uh, sixth off the start, and uh, yeah, just like moved through, put himself in a good position, and uh, got himself a podium. 21 points on the day. He'll take it five points back of your current championship leader, and um, heading into Tampa, where I think he's, he's, I think he's had success there in the past. Uh, obviously, it's Supercross, and uh, these tracks are always different. Uh, there is the track, the track layout for. For Tampa is actually pretty interesting. It's a, it's a big big layout, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it races. Um, but as we move down here, honestly, I think the the story of the 250 class was Hayden Deegan, and and for for everybody who like they they talk about this kid an absolute shit ton. Uh, he's listed at Tallahassee, Florida, which is pretty. F- funny to think of because he's definitely from Southern California. Um, but I guess for the, the championship, uh, or I guess for, for star racing, he's all of those uh, team members are actually, no, his, his teammate is, is, uh, is located at a Georgia is, is registered at Georgia. So that doesn't even make sense. Um, that's pretty funny, but anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, and the Thra- thrasher's out of Tennessee. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a gaff from, uh, for like Hayden being from T- Tallahassee, but either way, that is where he's training. He's at the goat farm and, uh, he looked awesome. Honestly, like, yeah, he, he, a little loose at times, uh, a few moments here and there, but, uh, you can't take a single thing away from Hayden this last weekend. Uh, he was fast in qualifying. The guy, the kid, was an absolutely on rails the entire day. Um, he he looked fast. He looked racy. He looked stylish. Um, and like, yeah, like love him or hate him, love the vlog, hate the vlog, doesn't matter. Uh, this kid, his best finish so far in Supercross is his first is his first finish in Supercross. It's a fourth. Like, it's honestly. It, he it might take him a few races to even better on that because that that is such a great start to his career. Um, a lot of other guys have not been able to to put in that kind of a result at their first ever Supercross. Albeit he is 17 years old, not turning pro at the uh, tender age of 16 like many other combatants that he is compared to, uh, like your um, Jet Lawrence's of the world, your Ricky Carmichael's of the world, James Stewart. Even Davey Millsaps uh, had his Supercross debut, I believe, four days after his 16th birthday. Um, but yeah, not taking anything away from this kid, uh, he was extremely uh, he was he was fast. He started ninth. He worked his way up. Yeah, he benefited from Jeremy Martin going down, uh, as well as uh, I believe his teammate Thrasher was ahead of him prior to the crash. And same thing with Tom Vial. So he picked up a few um, he, he picked up a few spots. Um, and he was able to, to make good on that, but you, you have to race the race the way it goes. Like you, you can't just like, there's, there's plenty of, uh, instances within motocross history. You could take things away from people based on an asterisk or, Oh, this, like he never would have had a perfect season if Kevin Windham was racing in 2002. Well, Kevin Windham wasn't racing in 2002 when in respect to Ricky Carmichael. So, um, yeah, like. I, I was blown away by Hayden. I, I think uh, this kid has a really bright future. I want to see more. I'm not going to crown this kid and say that he's going to uh, contend for this championship because uh, a single fourth place doesn't tell me that. But what it does tell me is that Hayden Deegan is fit. Hayden Deegan has the speed to hang with guys like Jeremy Martin, Jordan Smith, 
uh, Michael Moseman, uh, and that he has the the bright future that has been forecasted for him is most likely going to come to fruition. And uh, and good on him. The kids earned it. Uh, You don't get that kind of speed by just having uh, a dad who obviously has the resources to be uh, to um, put you center stage and this that and the other thing. You have to do the work. You have to twist the throttle. You have to risk it. There's there's no other way to to acquire those types of skills on a bike, and uh, yeah, whether you whether you love Hayden Deegan or not, the kid is going to be an absolute problem for anyone who tries to uh, compete with him uh, throughout his career. And it literally just got started. Uh, Jeremy Martin fifth, I think he'll take it. Uh, not an overly great day for J Mart altogether. Uh, he made mistakes in the heat race. He made mistakes in the main. Um, so a fifth, I think he was walking away saying, yeah, like I'm down by eight points, but like live to fight another day, uh, go on and, and, uh, and possibly put a better foot forward in Tampa, which if I'm not mistaken, Tampa Supercross way back in the day, I want to say 2014 was his very first Supercross that he tried to qualify for. And I think he missed the main event if that if if memory serves properly um but uh hey the number six racing for club mx yamaha uh a new lease on life as far as his career is going uh he's away from the 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 limelight of the factory team uh you know those club bikes are good uh as good as a uh as a star racing yamaha i don't think they're as good but i think they're damn close uh and at, at this level it's it's more about uh what how these guys are feeling the work that they've put in and how in tune they are with their motorcycle. Um, like you're looking at the results here, you have uh, privateers mi- mixed in with factory guys. You have uh, basically a privateer Honda. Uh, it does get some help from uh, the factory in, uh, in Australia, but essentially a, a, a privateer, a privateer team Honda in second place. Like that is as maybe, maybe as good a, um, a vote of confidence that the anyone can can put one of these bikes uh up there and uh yeah like good on uh on jeremy martin better days ahead for him though i think he's going to be a podium guy and he may very well even get a win before this season's out weird day for michael moseman just an odd like you're used to seeing flashes from michael moseman you're used to seeing uh moments where he sort of like kind of grabs everybody's attention and we did not see that we we didn't see it and yeah the 31 machine he 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 qualified seventh so he probably either got third or fourth in his heat race and then um and then he started 14th came from the back ends up sixth which means he did a lot of passing i should be looking at the um the lap chart right now he obviously had to make up a lot of time on people uh ate up guys like uh tom vial uh chance hymas and others um but a sixth spot like it's a short championship you can't have too many nights like this and uh, uh i realize he's only one point back of jeremy martin who uh probably isn't being isn't uh too worried about the start of his championship but um Michael Moseman was a was a contender for, or was thought to be a contender for this championship somebody who could seriously put a dent into uh Hunter Lawrence's championship hopes and um being down by nine points coming out of the first round is not a great way to do that uh it's going to take a couple of really good weeks in order for him to write that ship in, in fact I think that in order to make up points on Hunter Lawrence 
Michael Moseman needs to win a couple of races in order to to even really put much of a dent on that. Like I don't see Hunter Lawrence, I, unless something happens to him in the race, finishing off, off the podium this this series. I don't think he's. I certainly don't see him outside the top five. Um, so you're never gonna get more than maybe five six points on on Hunter on one particular race, and he's already down by nine. Uh, so he would have to win. He have to win two races. And have uh, have Hunter be third or worse, uh, just to to kind of get even with the guy. So that that's actually it's a pretty big deficit, right? To kick things off, like I said, it's a short championship, and uh, two of those rounds you mix the the two coasts, and like don't look now, but the West guys are pretty damn fast. Um, Chance Hymas, uh, a kid that uh, showed a ton of speed, I was really impressed by him. Uh, his maturity on the bike, uh, he looked good. He uh, admittedly in some post-race interviews said that he had blown up a little bit and said that uh, he was not not really, didn't feel like he could push late in the race, probably didn't breathe for a few laps, which is understandable. The kid uh, literally in his first ever Supercross wearing the eight, uh, 832 on the bike. Uh, anytime you have a three-digit number in the top 10, uh, in fact, we had three of them, Tom VL, Hayden Deegan, and Chance Hymas, all three of them rookies, all three of them in the top 10. Uh, you know those kids got to be feeling some pressure, even if they've, been, they've won races in the past, whether it's at Loretta's or in Vial's case, uh, like world championship races um like in, in the mxgps there's still it's it, there's nothing quite like being under the lights of supercross uh when all all the attention's on you so uh yeah like great good start to his career i think there's there's better days ahead for him and i i could see him certainly being on the podium uh before the season is out uh moving on to the 2022 uh, 250 Rookie of the Year, which was Cullen Park, who started his night off with some pretty scary moments where him and his teammate Cody Shock ended up getting together over the finish line. Um, I was actually surprised that Cullen Park didn't take the worst of it, but uh, the worst of that collision actually took place about 50 yards further up the track where Cody Shock ended up going, like colliding with the over-under bridge, snapping his dirt bike in half, um, like absolutely mind-blowing that he was able to even remount into the lcq and then put the his bike into the main through the lcq and actually ended up with a 12th on the day he qualified 22nd so he had the last qualifying spot into the main event eighth place start 12th place finish great ride all all together for a guy who's probably pretty sore this week should probably call him up for a podcast because i'm sure he's got them some things to say um but the big dog under the tent was Cullen Park. And uh, yeah, like basically established himself as uh, the fastest of anyone who doesn't have any real factory support. I, I guess you'd really hand that off to Max Anstey. But I think Max Anstey has a little bit more support than Cullen Park does. Um, who, who, yeah, he put his best foot forward and, and really, really showed out. Like a ninth place is great. I think that's a career best, if I'm not mistaken. I think like... Uh, could be like maybe seventh or eighth is it was his career best from last year, but yeah, he's right in there and uh, looking to uh, continue the success he's had. I think he's gonna dice things up with uh, the Hayden Deegans and the um, Chance Hymases of the world. Of course, he's only in his sophomore season, so it wouldn't be surprising to see him sort of mix it up with some of the top uh, rookies uh, from this year. 
Uh, rounding out your top 10, you had Chris Blos with two weeks on the bike. Uh, he's staying in California, working with Mitch Payton and Team Pro Circuit, enjoying his first ever uh, factory ride. Um, like doing the, the whole deal with, with, with Mitch. And that is really cool opportunity for him to, to race and ride, um, quiet day. Obviously I don't think he was overly, um, like he, he didn't have the, the, the best race of his career by any means. Uh, I think he wants to be in the top five, uh, even mentioned being wanting to be wanting to get a podium, um, by the season's end. And, uh, I think that's within the realm of possibilities for, for Blos. I think some things would have to go his way in, in order for him to find himself on the podium. Um, but he showed in the offseason that, A, he rides a Kawasaki as good as anybody does. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be uh, a really successful rider throughout this series. And, and a problem for your Talon Hawkins of the world, your uh, uh, Tom Vial and and um and and Hymas, the guys who are new to supercross and uh yeah may, might uh, end up um uh, succumbing to the racecraft of of a wily veteran like uh chris zombie blows like he's 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 that guy you know so um another rookie that had a, a, a good first start to his season talon hawkins the 339 in your program out of temecula california um qualified decent he had a decent start in the main event. He was right up there with the boys. He probably blew up, not totally unlike Chance Hymas, uh, but a good start to a career, 11th. In fact, that's the same finish that uh, that Ricky Carmichael kicked off his Supercross career with. Not saying that Talon Hawkins is going to be the next Ricky Carmichael. I don't think he would tell you that either. But either way, uh, I was impressed with him. I thought that that was a really good ride. Um, guys who probably, uh, wish that they had a, a little bit better weekend all in all is probably uh, the one I'm looking at the most would be Nate Thrasher, uh, qualifying third, uh, starting out in the 11th place spot, but ended up going down and, uh, salvaged a 15th spot, but, uh, that's about as bad of an opening round as you can have in, uh, 250 Supercross and be straight up considered for the championship. Of course, there's guys like Nate uh, Ramsey, who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, ended up uh, with a flat tire or a broken wheel at the first round of a championship season. Uh, but that was also a year where uh, a bunch of guys crashed out of that championship and he was able to capitalize on that. So uh, unless something along those lines happens for Nate, um, not saying his championship is over by any means, but he needs a get right weekend in in uh, in Tampa, and things have gotten a little bit more difficult on him going forward. Uh, surprised to see Hardy Munoz in there. Surprised and not surprised. Hardy has the speed, but he obviously um, in the past has had some a hard time staying off the ground. Um, random question from Joe on on TikTok Live. Uh, the reason why we no longer have a Vegas Supercross is that uh, the stadium that they used to do um, Supercross in, which is uh, Sam Boyd Stadium, I don't think that Sam Boyd Stadium is still operational. And the new stadium that is currently residing in Vegas uh, has been turned down. Uh, or They turned down uh, Supercross. They're, they're not interested in having Supercross in their stadium. Um I'm not sure if Sam Boyd Stadium is an option to go back to. Um, if if that is, it kind of does surprise me that we don't go to Vegas at all for anything anymore, uh, given the fact that that was a staple on the career, the 
that was a staple for Supercross for a really, really long time. Um, and obviously the finale being in Salt Lake now due to the Utah Sports Commission sponsorship that Supercross has, that would be the reason why we go there. Uh, the main reason why we don't go to Vegas, though, is, uh, is availability of the stadium and the interest of uh, the ownership group that manages the, the new stadium in Vegas um, in having a Supercross or anything quite like Supercross currently in there. Um, that might change over time. Uh, it's a brand new venue. Uh, it's a really expensive venue um, that I think they have a lot of tenants to begin with. Like I don't think they're having a hard time fit, finding uh, uh, clients to bring their show there. Um, so for now, uh, Vegas is is, uh, is off. It's it's it, it, I wouldn't say it's a Feld thing uh, in the way that it's uh, Feld. I'm sure would love to be there. Uh, I think they would probably prefer to be there than Indianapolis or Detroit or, um, yeah, like a lot of the, the colder weather ones that don't, if they don't like, they'd be able to have a pit party. It's close to California, all that stuff. I'm sure they'd be for it, but, and I'm, I'm sure we'll probably go back there at some point, but with ha having the, um, the venue as new as it is and not being welcome to Supercross at this point, uh, that would be why we are currently not having a Vegas Supercross. Uh, but I, I would expect it to come back, maybe not in the next couple of years, maybe give it a little bit longer than that. Um, or if I, I, I again, I'm just speculating off the top of my head. I don't know if Sam Boyd Stadium is even a possibility. I feel like it's probably actually been demolished, although the UNLV football team used to play there. So maybe I don't know where they're playing. Either way, uh, yeah, that's that's why we're no longer going to Vegas. And it's for sure not the last round because of the sponsorship through the Utah Sports Commission. Uh, another guy who uh, had not the best day. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, like, having talked to him afterwards, I'm impressed that he was actually able to get into the main period, is Michael Hicks. Michael Hicks raced the General Tire Arena, arena Cross on Friday night, won it, um, and ended up... Uh, race like driving through the night to Houston uh, ended up having trouble like literally parked his van like 20 minutes before uh, track walk got his bike ready to go raced like did like felt okay in qualifying and then ended up with a 19th he just I don't think he had any pop I think he was probably like he was lack of sleep and all that fun stuff so uh, yeah, that's what he was dealing with, but yeah, Michael Hicks, better days ahead, and honestly, I, I, I have all the time in the world for Michael Hicks, that kid, uh, has great style, uh, and, uh, and is a great story, right out of, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, so, uh, keep your eye on Michael Hicks going forward. There's your 250 class, guys, uh, pumped on, on the, how this championship is gonna shake out, uh, looking forward to Tampa this weekend, and, uh, yeah, uh, let's see if uh, anyone can knock Hunter Lawrence off the top step of the podium. Right now, we're going to throw it to a interview that I did with Jordan Smith. Fantastic conversation that I had with him. Really appreciate you guys for listening to this podcast and checking this episode out. Um, if you have any questions or if you have any requests for people you'd like to have on the podcast, reach out to me via direct message on Instagram at BigMXRadio. Go check that out, guys. And now, off to the interview with Jordan Smith. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, but with us on the line for the fifth time on the Big MX Radio podcast, coming off of a podium this weekend in Houston, the one, the only, Jordan Smith. Jordan, how's it going? 
No, it's good. Five times on the show, huh? I think I'm becoming a regular. I would ha- I would have to say so, and I think when we we do the polls at the end of the year as to uh, who everybody's favorite guest is, uh, if we just continuously have you on, the list will become so low that you'll end up being everyone's favorite guest. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> Right on, man. Well, I, I kind of reached out to you last week if you wanted to do a podcast sort of before the season talking about the prep four and, and getting ready for uh, for racing Supercross. But, you know, you said, no, let's wait till after. Uh, probably just wanting to focus on racing and all that fun stuff. Um, but you went out and you got yourself a podium. So instead of talking about you potentially getting a podium, we're talking about you being on the podium. And that was at your first round racing for Star Racing Yamaha. That's got to feel good. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, you reached out about doing it. You're like, do you want to do it before or after? I was like, let's just do it after. You know, I didn't want to go out there and, like you said, focus on the racing and get get a good result and be able to talk about that instead of, you know, just the same old interviews I've done, you know, since I signed with Star about, you know, uh, how it's like, what it's like training and all that. So, no, it was, uh, it was a really good weekend. The team, you know, it was a uh, different dynamic working with the Star team compared to other teams I've been on and um it it turned out really good and it turned out to be a good weekend I mean just really all the way up until the main everything went went perfect and then in the main obviously had this spill in the sand but other than that it was really good so uh really looking forward to the rest of the season and uh building off of that you know I mean I feel like I can definitely win races and and just keep getting used to the bike getting used to the team and getting used to running back up front again. It's been a long time since I was up there battling for, for podiums. Absolutely. It's been uh, a while, but good to see you back. And yeah, you're a traditionalist guy, so you're going to stick with tradition by finding yourself on the ground uh, in the sand there. But I'm, I'm sure that's something you're probably trying to sort of iron out from your uh, week-to-week uh, occurrences. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've been uh, pretty good all off-season with, keeping it on two wheels and just uh i've always kind of struggled in the sand a little bit um for whatever reason with the supercross suspension uh everyone was kind of struggling in that sand and uh i i was really bad in it in the in the heat race but i really had figured it out i think in the main event and whenever we caught vial he was taking the same line as i was i was going up that inside i had almost got max uh to the two laps kind of before that and got a little bit impatient behind beyond uh vial after uh Anthony got around him and tried to go in a different line to than than mac or than uh tom did and just uh lost a little concentration going out to the outside and made a mistake and, and went down but luckily was able to keep the bike running and get up and just got up in time to stay in front of uh in front of my teammate hayden yeah, you're absolutely. Now, good on you for being able to uh, to put yourself on the podium. Great great performance all in all. Uh, how would you compare racing with star racing and as well as pre- preparing for the week and all that stuff? Like, How does racing for this team compare to the other teams that you've been on in the past, the factory level, of course, uh, Geico Honda, uh, TLD KTM, and then uh, most recently with Pro Circuit? Yeah, it's it's definitely different, you know. Um, every every team is a little bit of a different aspect and of how they do things, how they handle things, and as well, I've also been at a different stage in my career. I feel like going to each of these teams, you know, um, coming into 
being on Geico, I was a rookie. Obviously, they signed me as an amateur. I had a amateur deal and a pro deal with them, and so it was more about you know just trying. You know, they weren't pushing me to win every weekend. You know, whenever I first went pro with them, and it was about getting me better, getting me better, and that stuff. And um, so then, whenever I got to TLD, it was one of those things where I feel like TK almost didn't really know how it was going to go at the beginning, uh, the first round and stuff. I'd really didn't do a whole lot during the off season with them that year. I was just not, I rode a lot, but I just wasn't um, quite up to like Shane's speed and stuff. And, and then once I kind of got going on TLD, then that dynamic changed a little bit and we were really pushing for wins and pushing for, to be there every single weekend, kind of, kind of the, you know, Ryan Dungey was on KTM whenever I first signed with them before he retired. And we were kind of, you know, going for that, you know, be there every weekend kind of um, mindset. Uh, get a win when you can, you know, if if third place is all you got that night. And, and that worked pretty well for me. Um, and then whenever I went to, to PC, the dynamic changed again a little bit. And, you know, it was uh, it was kind of, uh, and I mean, I've talked about, I think, on, on here with you before, it was just unfortunate on PC. I was injured the whole time I was there. I mean, I think... <laughs> The whole time I talked to – every time I talked to Mitch on the phone, it was about a, a, an injury. And it was just one thing after another and, and never really, I think, got a fair shot for me or the team there yeah. at PC. So that one was just, you know, kind of wash washed that one out and, you know. But uh, and then go, going to Firepower last year, that was that was different as well. You know, it's a private privateer team. Obviously had been around for a couple years before that, but um, – I think that Yarif like wasn't even sure if he was going to have the team um, last year until we started talking and and uh, we got it got it all dialed in. So it was almost like starting from scratch uh, with them moving down here to Cairo and and working at MTF and stuff. And that was a whole different dynamic. You know, it was almost a rebuild of my career. I needed to be sure that I was at every single round, whether I finished fifth, seventh third you know it didn't really matter i just needed to be at every round and uh and keep it on two wheels and did a good job of that and then here i am landed the star ride and uh it's you know it's back to you know it we're only accepting wins you know and that's that's what we're shooting for obviously um i'm happy with with this weekend with the third place i mean it's been a long time since i raced but uh at the same time i i had the speed all day to that I was lined up in the main event, you know, knowing that I could win. And um, so, yeah, moving forward, I think that that's definitely the goal. Well, that's got to be a good feeling for you. And, uh, yeah, you just reminded me that the, the Honda team you were on last year was your Reeves team. And you don't have to comment on it if you don't want to, but, like, uh, how preposterous is it to you that uh, Max Anstey would be on a, a big bore la- uh, this last weekend? given the fact that you literally raced for that team. And I, I personally think it's extremely unlikely he was on uh, a cheater bike. But uh, do you have any comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I don't think that uh, he's on a cheater bike. I know uh, Martin Davlis and Yurif and, you know, they're great people. And I don't think they would ever do that. I think that, um, you know, they've, they've worked their butts off. I watched them work their butts off the whole time that I was there. And they've done nothing but just keep working hard. I, I still see it every day pretty much because we're, we ride together sometimes. We ride at MTF. You know, they come to Star and Rod and we see the work they're putting in. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know where that rumor came from. Uh, I don't think that, 
uh, actually, I know that no one protested them for a big board this weekend. Uh, that I actually, some of the guys from the team came. Uh, we had a birthday lunch yesterday uh, after we flew in for uh, oh, nice. me and, and Brian. And uh, some of the guys from the team came, and I asked them about it, and they said that that was just a rumor. And so I don't know where that came from, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yarif uh, and Martin are uh, straight up guys. I, I can't see them doing something like that. Fair enough. Who knew? Louis, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Louis, uh, Louis Phillips. Fake news. Uh, but uh, either way, um, good to hear. Like honestly, I was super surprised. But like, I don't want to make, make this whole interview about that. But like, I don't think that having a big bore, even at, like is this a, a possible three eighty kit? Like thirty extra CCs is not going to give you any type of edge, given the fact that if I'm not mistaken, Jordan, your fastest lap time in qualifying was like would have ended up like eighth or ninth in the four fifty class, right? Like, yep. you know what I mean? Like, yep. those and, guys are... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and it's not like, you know, if you had, like, a little bit of extra power and could do, you know, the quad that the 450 guys were doing that we couldn't do, you know, then that would be something. But it's not like Max was doing anything that we weren't doing, you know? He was hitting the loops fast, he was hitting the turns fast, and that's what that track was about, you know? So, I mean, Max is a great rider, and, you, I mean, you could see just him going jumping into the outdoor series last year um, at Redbud and, and Southwick and how good he did jumping into a 450 class that's super stacked on a bike that he didn't have much time. I mean, he just goes to show how good of a rider he is. So, um, no, it was really, really cool to see. I went and shook hands with Martin after the race and told him good job. And, you know, uh, he said, you know, from, I know as good as anyone where they came from. And that's, that's true. You know, we had, uh, last year it was, um, it was tough just to get ready for round one, you know? And so to see them have everything together, it's really cool to see. Absolutely. No, it's awesome. And like, let's talk about that track a little bit. Uh, one of the most uh, open turn, like just basically you guys were railing during qualifying. Like, I couldn't believe some of the corner speed that you and one of, like, a couple of your teammates were able to uh, achieve. Uh, I think that contributed to why the lap times were as, qu- as fast as they were. Um, tell me a little bit about that track. And uh, you, you say you guys couldn't do that quad. Like I, I think if if uh, under the right circumstance, I think Jordan Jordan Smith sends that quad. <laughs> I well, I did send it in practice, but I framed it. I didn't make. It. I was the only one to do it on a two fifty. But uh, yeah, I, like I didn't it. quite make it, and uh, had a I had a good run at it. So didn't want to try that one again. But. Uh, no, it was the track was a little bit weird this weekend. I mean, it, it flowed really good, like you said. I mean, the corner speed was insane. Uh, the dirt, I was expecting. I had watched some races from Houston in the past, and it seemed like the dirt was a little bit softer and showed up for press day, and it was like really hard and and really wasn't getting very rutted. So, um, was kind of caught off guard by that. But um, yeah, yeah, it was it was just like I think with coming across the start straight so many times there there was really no rhythms like right out of the turn other than the three, three, one or three, four, whatever, you know, and that one, those, those jumps were really close together. And so it was like super easy to get that three out of the turn where normally the threes out of turn on a two fifty are really tough to get. And, but it didn't get rutted and it was a big face and it just was pretty easy. So uh, pretty much everyone, was doing the same rhythms and it came down to getting a good start, uh, not making very many mistakes. And, and then the whoop section, you know, that whoop section was, they weren't big whoops. They weren't very hard until they got cupped out. And then, 
you know, they got pretty, pretty dicey, but, uh, they, they still were not that bad this weekend. Uh, I, I personally would like to see some bigger whoops, uh, moving forward. I think that would, that, that's just going to benefit into, into my favor. But, uh, the, I mean, the whoops this weekend were fun too. They were, they were still challenging and, um, they got really, really cupped out. So it was, uh, you had to still commit to them for sure. But I think with that long run into them, uh, with the, the burn being pushed back, like almost underneath the stands there, the way that stadium set up, it, it kind of gave us more of a run and yeah, it was pretty, pretty fast set of loops. So, but it was a fun track. It was be a great practice track for sure. It was, uh, it flowed really good. And, and, uh, yeah, I liked it other than the sand didn't like the sand. Yeah, I don't think anyone liked the sand. Uh, fun for spectators to watch, kind of like throw sand everywhere, and it's usually uh, maybe it makes for some good photos. Uh, but aside from that, doesn't always turn out for great racing unless it's sort of in a straightaway of some sort. But uh, um, take me through like w- working with uh, with the new team, new race day. Who's who's spinning the wrenches for you, and just becoming acclimated with this new team that um, that you obviously been with them for almost like better part better part of a year honestly since you like kind of like i guess it's been at least six months um but training with the guys um like it's every single one of the the riders on that team has some serious speed and you're certainly one of them yeah it's uh it's been really cool it's been a lot of fun uh i you know just from day one that i started riding with the team and stuff uh the everyone's believed in me and been working with me and just, you know, trying to give me everything I need to, to get to that next level of winning a championship, you know, and that's really, really good to see is uh, just some, just a team that really believes in, in what, in me and what I'm doing. And I believe in them. And obviously, you know, it's hard not to with how successful they've been over the past 10 years and how many championships they've won. They're obviously doing something right. So, I uh, just kind of jumped in there and, and just went full head of steam forward and um, just stuck with the program, been training every day with, with Swanee and, and all the boys. And, you know, it's um, it's good. It's just, it's tough. It's definitely not easy, but every day at the track, it's, you know, if it's me going the fastest or Nate or Levi or Styles, like, you, you know, Hayden's fastest sometimes. It's just really you have to be on top of your game every day just to be in the lead pack of the practice track, you know? Um, and just because you're on top of your game doesn't mean that you're going the fastest that day. Uh, sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't. So it's, uh, it's, it's almost like a, like pressure to go to try and be the fastest every day, but, um, it just doesn't always work out. But I think that's what makes it so good is that, you know, everyone's pushing each other to be better and better. And, and that's, you know, where, where that speed and consistency comes from. So, um, as far as the spin the wrenches, it's, uh, my guy, Jay hop, he's been my practice mechanic since, uh, 2013. And he, yep. Through all the, like through Geico, TLD, PC. And then, um, whenever we, whenever I decided to go to firepower last year, he came with me there that was doing race and practice mechanic stuff there um the team wasn't very big like i said you know Yurif had almost decided not to do a team here and uh then we decided to and so j-hop was doing you know more than just being the mechanic for sure so uh and then signed with star and you know obviously i wanted to bring him if he wanted to come and he decided to come on over. So yeah, it's still, still him being my mechanic and 
Uh, yeah, he's like a brother to me. He, we lived together for up until this year, until well, until last year. Whenever we, about a month before the baby was uh, due to arrive, he he moved out. We needed that extra room. So, uh, but yeah, Jay Ops the man. I was pumped this weekend. It was his as a race mechanic. It was his first professional podium. So I was uh, really excited about that. About that. That's awesome, dude. That's got to be a, a great uh, a kind of friendly confines uh, atmosphere for your uh, for your racing program on race day. And uh, yeah, you mentioned you're a dad now, man. Like that's got to be it's a big change to your life. But uh, as you said off air, uh, a welcome one. Yeah, it is. It's uh, yeah, we got a little girl. She's three months old now. Uh, um, she came in the off season. Uh, right in the right in the middle of you know boot camp, so it just made it that much harder. But uh, it's it's worth it, man. It's uh, it's unbelievable whenever you have a have a kid, and especially a little girl. I, I always thought that I wanted a boy first, but uh, after having a girl, I think I'm I'm glad that I had a little girl. I just love her so much, and uh, it's just uh, it's awesome, man. Whenever you like, I said off air, it's you come home, and whether it was a good day on the track or a bad day on the track, it doesn't really matter once you come home and play with her and see her smile and just every day she's doing something new it seems like so it's uh it's really special man i'm i'm blessed and blessed to have a wife as good as mine and that she you know takes most of the most of the work on and keeps the stress off of me for for racing so that's awesome that's great dude well it certainly helps you put your best foot forward and you were able to do that this this weekend in Houston next up is Tampa and then a week off um, because the, the, the series need to head back to Oakland for a quick trip. But uh, um, obviously podiums and wins are in, in, on the goals, uh, the, the, the like probably up on the, the board. Um, what do you expect from yourself going forward throughout this championship? Obviously uh, you've established yourself as a podium guy. Uh, the next step is to, uh, to work your way closer to the top step of the podium and, uh, and contend for this championship. But uh, what are your goals week to week? Yeah. I mean, at this point I, I've pretty much proved, I think to myself and the team that um, I have the speed to win, uh, have the starts to win. Obviously didn't get a great start in the main event, but uh got a great start in the heat and uh in the in the fake practice start there in the second qualifying practice i got a whole shot in that too so um i have the starts have the speed um you know definitely have the bike dialed in we didn't really make hardly any changes all weekend this weekend so that's a good feeling and yeah i mean it's uh full head of steam to the top of the box i think that's that's the goal i know that if I got there and rip a whole shot in the main event this weekend in Tampa, I know that I have a good shot at anyone as win at winning. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's the goal. And, you know, uh, don't want to let Hunter get too much on a roll here at the beginning. He's, uh, you know, you can see whenever he gets that confidence, he's hard to beat just like last year at the end of the season, you know, he was on fire winning. I don't know. I think it was like four of the last five rounds or something. So he's definitely, good and um tough to beat tough competitor so gonna try and try and figure out how to how to take him down and uh and get on that top step there you go man well uh certainly a step in the right direction and uh yeah you want to uh, nip that in the bud you don't want to let uh, your competition get too comfortable up front and styling Jordan Smith here on the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Race Tech Suspension. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to fill us in on uh, the year that's been so far and uh, what you've sort of got your eyes set on uh, moving forward. It's always a good time to chat, man. 
Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, you have yourself a great rest of your day. Do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast doing our uh, 450 review for Houston 2023. And this this was one where you will look back uh, after Eli Tomac officially hangs up his Alpine stars. Um, we will look back at this race as one where he really like kind of established and solidified the legend of Eli Tomac. Of course, there'll be moments, uh, like his, uh, the, the wheel tap in Daytona that is always thought of as one of his hallmarks, uh, and the, the dozens of times that he raced to the front aboard a Kawasaki and, and feeding, uh, guys like, uh, Ryan Dungey, their lunch, uh, while un- unable to beat Dungey for a championship. Um, yeah, a, a lot of great races on, on the Cowie for, for, for Tomac, but this one was special. Um, he has now led 53 laps of the season so far. Uh, I suppose the laps led or not does also doesn't, can, it, that, that doesn't include, uh, any laps for the triple crowns. And now I see why Mathis is always uh, bitching about that because that actually looks hilarious that chase sexton has uh five laps led but he has a race win um that's pretty ridiculous but regardless uh eli tomac has 53 uh laps led on the season so far out of the four rounds um he whole shot at the main event he led every single lap and honestly like after the restart uh he was he was gone. Like I, I, like he had a better line in the sand and everywhere else. He was just matching chase. Chase was trying to push it. I I think he had a couple of scary moments in the whoops and he lost time in the sand every single time. Uh, it had to have been like a couple of tenths of a second every single time he went through there and he was pushing himself to be able to make up that time the rest of the lap. Like he was absolutely killing himself to try and find a tenth of a second here, an eighth of a second here. Um, and it, it, it was like, I think it probably scared the crap out of him, honestly. Was, this is how fast I have to go to make up for the line that's frustrating the crap out of me in the sand. Um, and I think that's why you saw uh, Eli ever able to stretch it out at the, at the end, is that um, Sexton, like, knowing the situation... Like being smart about it, like a, maybe a younger racer would push it and and try and uh, like do a last ditch pass or or uh, even try and drop his lap times even more because um, his lap times were good. Uh, he was the fastest man on track for the first half of the race after the restart. Um, the the lap times like he was certainly there and like he was pushing and and putting a lot of pressure on Tomac and he and Tomac weathered the storm. He he like took everything that chase threw at him, never relinquished the lead and, uh, came out with a victory. Um, he, he, he rode extremely well throughout the day. Um, maybe not, he wasn't the fastest qualifier, but like fast felt comfortable. Um, and uh, he made up the difference in the main event. Uh, he now has three wins on the year, uh, a seven point gap over Chase, um, and uh, and heading into uh, a Tampa Supercross where he's had success there in the past. He probably likes that stadium. Um, he's he's only got uh, one whole shot on the year, 
but uh, yeah, he's uh, he he's he's crushing it. I think he's really really doing well so far this season. Um, and uh, yeah, he he started out first. He led every single all twenty three laps. Finished first. Uh, he qualified fourth, which means I think he got uh, fourth in or yeah second in his, in his qualifier. I I don't know why I'm completely spacing on how the uh, the heat races went for this particular race. Uh, I watch a lot of races though, so uh, things start to blend together. You guys have to get off off my back about that a little bit, maybe who knows? Or or just or or uh, give me more shit about it. Either way, it's fine. Um, rounding out your podium, Jason Anderson. And honestly, good on Jason because he needed a a bounce back weekend um, after a couple of just weird, like a weird start to the season. Like he he's like he was he's right there all night long. Um, he he's led some. He actually he's he's not credited with any laps led so far this season. Well, yeah, he, he has a a, a, a a moto win in the uh, triple crown, but he hasn't led any laps yet this year. Uh, which is uncharacteristic for Jason. He's usually pretty good at the start of the seasons. Um, it's even actually more surprising to see that Barsha has more laps led than he does. But of course, Barsha only had those laps led at Anaheim one. Uh, but a, a, a good uh, a good ride for for Jason. I, I think this is building. This is building into a more successful uh, finish to his uh, his season. Uh, I think I could see him definitely starting to. Um, catch fire as the season continues to progress uh, and possibly uh, some wins mixed in there as well. Uh, established himself as uh, certainly the fastest Kawasaki uh, of the green bikes out there. Um, and he definitely looks to be, he looks to be in shape. He like the, the Jason of old is sort of starting to come back. Um, not totally seeing it 100%. I would love to see him uh, drop his lap times and maybe be fastest in qualifying uh, this weekend in Tampa. I think that would go do really well for, for setting him up for a, a great opportunity to uh, do some special things in the main events. Um, obviously with better uh, gate picks. And also if you, th- this is something that maybe some people don't know is if you get fastest qualifier that automatically gives you first gate pick for the second heat race. Why that's important is uh, you get the, the qualifiers for into the main event is based on who had the, uh, the fastest heat race gets first pick into the main event. Uh, so if you get to go second, you know, uh, what time you need to beat because you can still win your heat race and still only have second gate pick. Obviously, there's not a huge difference between first and second gate pick, uh, but that can be the difference between wanting your favorite, uh, getting your favorite uh, gate or um, the, your next favorite gate. Like, or, or, and some guys don't like starting next to dudes, so you might end up having to move even further away from where you wanted to be. Uh, so obviously, getting to go into the second heat race uh, gives you the opportunity to actually see what the first heat race winner did and uh, allows you to um, like kind of like strategize and your mechanic can also let you know if you're a few few seconds behind that time uh, if you need to push at the very end or if you can kind of lay up a little bit um, based on that total time for the race. Some people don't know that, but that is the way it goes. It used to be uh, back when before they didn't have time qualifying, it would go the first gate pick, would go to the uh, the current points leader. That's why Jeremy McGrath was in the second heat race during damn near all of his uh, 450 slash 252 stroke career. 
Rounding out your top five, we we can't get out of the uh, we can't move move to the fifth place spot without talking about Aaron Plessinger, the guy who kept me in alive in the Supercross um, Survivor pool that I'm currently in. You have to pick the top ten guy, like someone who is going to be in the top ten, and you can't pick the same guy twice. I took Aaron Plessinger this weekend, and I'm still alive because he rode awesome, absolutely the by far the best. Um, we've seen from Jason or from, from, from Aaron Plessinger, uh, great ride tip to tail looked, looked racy. Like, uh, in fact, at the very beginning of the race, I actually thought that he, uh, he was Cooper Webb cause Cooper, uh, was just like, I was surprised to see a KTM up there as, as quickly as it was. And, uh, Aaron's not even that well known for getting great starts, especially in Supercross, And he certainly got one, uh, fourth place, nothing like, just off the podium, and I think he is going to get that podium in the next few rounds. Uh, certainly, if if Oakland is uh, is a little bit wet, although at this point I, I don't think there's any real chance of that. Like I'm just like any anytime there's the, the, there's a little extra moisture in the soil, I give um, I, I give a guy like Aaron Plessinger a little bit more of a nod. Um, but uh, yeah, Cooper Webb uh, in your fifth place spot. 18 points on the night gives up some points to uh, to well everybody ahead of him, but specifically Jason Anderson, who those two are are battling very very tightly in the championship. Uh, I think that's based they're they're going to battle really tooth and nail to establish who is going to be that third that third guy in the championship. And this is another thing that I wanted to sort of talk about on the podcast is the fact that essentially three guys have separated themselves um three four essentially uh but like the decision of who that third guy is is between jason and cooper uh they might flip-flop a few weekends at this point cooper still has uh some extra points over jason because uh cooper had such a hot start with those two second place finishes to start the year but since then, uh, in the last two rounds, Cooper has uh, finished behind Jason and uh, given up points in both those rounds. I think uh, this weekend in uh, in Florida, I, I would sort of uh, favor uh, Cooper on basic on how the track layout looks, and it looks to be a little bit soft, which I don't think that Jason is hindered by those track conditions. But I know specifically that Cooper Webb does really well when the track is soft and there's a whole straight section that is nothing but sand. And I think that's going to be right up Cooper Webb's alley. In fact, I definitely predict a podium for him uh, moving into this weekend. Uh, A very quiet night for Justin Barsha. Uh, Basically, his his whole day was the opposite of how his... uh, uh, track walk went he came out in a full howdy doody um like cowboy outfit um just lo- loving that uh that f- that florida li- or that uh, uh texas life even though i think he f- uh, calls home uh in florida um if not yeah his his, his main like kind of main home is in florida if i'm not he's from greenville uh or he's not from greenville but that's where he lives um but yeah solid sixth spot like sort of like if you had told me that Justin Barsha gets sixth on any particular evening racing Supercross. I'm not the least bit surprised. Um, he could be anywhere from second to eighth, and none of that would surprise me. He's capable of being running up there with the front, and he's also had some odd evenings where he's uh, a sixth, seventh, eighth place guy. Uh, a 450 debut for Justin Cooper, and him being in the top ten should have ex- should have surprised nobody. 
Uh, he didn't even get that great of a start. 13th off the start and slowly but surely made him his way into the seventh place position. Um, good on him. Uh, like out of, he's uh, based out of Tallahassee, Florida. Um, like a, an abbreviated program on the 450, which I'd imagine that while Dylan Ferrandez um, recovers from his uh, head injury, that uh, Cooper would be on that bike until uh, Ferrandez clears concussion po- protocol. And here's the thing about uh, brain injuries, guys, is nobody really knows a ton about head injuries. Obviously the scientists who cover and and do research on this are more informed than anyone. Um, But for all intents and purposes, everything that I've heard about concussion protocols and concussion symptoms is that literally every concussion is like a snowflake. Um, They're extremely unpredictable. They um, like the, the severity is like they, they don't even, they used to actually grade uh, they used to have like first, second, and third degree concussions, no different than a sprained ankle or a burn. They no longer do that. There is no such thing as a first degree concussion, second degree concussion, or a third grade concussion. That is no longer verbiage that is used when uh, when dealing with concussions. Um, concussions are stuff are, are is an injury that uh, can can prop up. Um, issues with as far as equilibrium and balance and dizziness and especially when the heart rate is uh is and then the the blood pressure goes up that obviously puts pressure on the brain and you can have concussion symptoms and that can also vary and the severity of those can vary so um basically that means Dylan Fernandez is out indefinitely and indefinitely doesn't mean like forever and ever uh, it means that it is undefined that when he will come back, it is, it is indefinite in the fact that uh, he may come back. He may not come back for a long time, uh, but it is is not out the out of the realm of possibilities that he lines up this weekend. If he woke up today uh, and and did a concussion protocol test, of course, we saw um, I think it was RJ Hampshire earlier this year uh, had a pretty nasty crash, probably hit his head was on the, on the bike two hours, like not even 10 minutes later, or maybe an hour later, uh, racing the last, um, race of the triple crown, uh, whether he had a concussion is, is, is unknown, but if he had any, he must've had to pass some sort of concussion protocol in order to go back out there. Um, and same will go for, for Dylan Ferrandis, uh, obviously him going off in a neck, neck brace, that's not great optics, but that also doesn't mean that, uh, he's falling apart at the seams. Uh, so really looking forward to him getting back on the bike. Obviously he was having a great season up till now and still to this day sits, uh, eighth in points, obviously took a big hit this weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, Justin Cooper, great ride, uh, and expect more of that, honestly. I think I'm going to pick him for uh, my survivor pick this weekend. Uh, haven't been able to pick him yet, obviously. Um, I actually would have been a really good pick this weekend. Um, but yeah, going back to the well and seeing if he can back up that seventh might be uh, just the, the the right approach to kind of keep me alive in that. Uh, I think the top prize is like 2500 uh, bucks, so I would absolutely love to win that. Um, Ken Roxon, 
Eighth place, quiet day, weird day, off day for uh, Ken Roxon. Uh, he said so on his social media. Needs to be better. Uh, I don't think that's news to anybody. Uh, and sort of to be expected, I think, like, we talked about this on the podcast. Uh, Ken Roxon had has very little time on this motorcycle. It wasn't until December that he made a full commitment to racing a Suzuki in Supercross, which means uh, he had about f- three to four weeks of full prep. Um, and since then has been doing more changes to the bike to sort of move things around and change the way uh, things operate. Uh, so, yeah, like kind of these nights are going to happen. Like if, if he doesn't get good starts, he doesn't, he doesn't qualify particularly well. Uh, that is 100%. Uh, like I, I, I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. Um, I don't, I don't expect him to be outside the top 10 because I think he's fit. I think the one thing that's sort of, uh, holding back a couple of other guys is that they're, they're not able to ride much during the week and, and that's holding them back from being able to, uh, do a, making a lot of pro- progress. But, uh, yeah, I also wouldn't be surprised if Ken Roxon comes out this weekend in Tampa and uh, puts it back on the box because let's be honest, he is one hundred percent capable of it. Um, like he he's the world he's Supercross world champion for, uh, for, uh, for gosh sakes. Uh, breaking his streak of tenth place finishes was the seventeen machine of Joey Savacci, uh, and great ride from him. A ninth place, uh, I think that uh, officially solidifies him in in tenth in the points. He was sitting in eleventh for the longest time. Is now actually tied for ninth with Adam C and Cerullo uh, for ninth in the in the championship points. Uh, he's been consistent, ridiculously consistent, going ten, 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 nine in his overalls or his uh, race finishes. Um, and uh, yeah, putting that Kawasaki where it needs to be. Uh, there's some talk about him taking. Uh, possibly filling in Husqvarna, but I seriously doubt it. Like, I think he absolutely loves his bike. I think he loves the scenario that he's in. Probably doesn't like his parking spot being in the back 40, but, like, I don't think Joey is one of those people who absolutely loves being in the um, the limelight anyway. So just go out there, do your thing, ride, uh, ride the race. Um, like, the bike looks better every single weekend. He qualifies better every single weekend um steps forward and I, I i could see him uh mixing it up with justin cooper uh hopefully he doesn't get uh into too close uh confines with uh justin barsha otherwise uh, those two might end up butting heads at some point but uh another great performance from joey savacci adam c and cerullo uh like what do you say about adam right now um he's making progress like you see, you see some flashes during qualifying. He'll he'll throw down a heater, good lap times, uh, heat races. He's out front early. Um, like I think this weekend he faded back to eight or ninth or not ninth, fourth in his heat race. Ended up uh, qualifying uh, fourth into the uh, into the main event. And then um, on the first lap, on the very first lap, um, he ended up being seventh. And then uh, kind of got shuffled back a little bit off the restart, of course. And then during the restart, he uh, took a piss behind the porta potty, um, probably just in panic more than anything. He didn't want to like relieve himself in his pants, uh, soil a pair of uh, a Fox Racing pants. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Like I, I honestly think that uh, like yeah, he shouldn't have done it. 
Uh, did he have an option? He could have waited a little bit longer, I suppose. Um, like I, I know there's usually a long lineup of guys who, who need to go quickly. Um, I myself, like, I don't know if you guys uh, can vibe with this, but like anytime that I've had to uh, like pee right before a moto, I honestly probably just like kind of half try and forget about it because by the time I'm riding, I don't have to go anymore because I'm like, I have so much adrenaline pumping and stuff that the sensation essentially goes away. Um, regardless, it took a thousand dollars out of, uh, Adam Cianciarillo's jeans, which to him is like the change that's between my couch cushions. It, that is literally no amount of money for him. Um, like he's got millions of dollars in the bank. And you, even if like, honestly, I wouldn't even accept the argument that like a thousand bucks is a thousand bucks. Cause like, no, it's not when you have millions of dollars in the bank, like a thousand dollars, it would be a, uh, a hit to my life. Um, like no, honestly, not a, like a crit, like financially crippling hit, but like, I would, I would not love getting a thousand dollar, uh, kick in the pants, but, uh, yeah, um, for your average Joe thousand bucks would definitely, uh, um, be a little bit worse than a guy like uh, Adam Cienzarolo, who, uh, literally has, uh, probably, uh, a few million dollars, uh, socked away somewhere. Uh, best ride of his career in a 454. Actually, wait, no, it is not his best ride in a 450 ride for, for, for Christian Craig, but best ride of 2023 for Christian Craig on a night where he finally started to look more racy. He started, finally started to look a little bit more uh, like himself. Down on the first lap, which I'm sure he wishes they did a full restart when they did the restart because that would have given him an opportunity to maybe better himself even more. He was kind of on the outside looking in on that uh, that restart. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Eli Tomac was going through the third corner uh, when uh, Craig finally got going. But he worked his ways up to 11th. He, he passed a lot of guys who he needs to pass. He needs, like, every single person that ends up behind him, he needs to beat those guys. Like, he needs to beat uh, Dean Wilson. He needs to beat Colt Nichols, uh, Kevin Morans with a uh, matching a career best, uh, Shane McElrath and the others. Um, but a step forward for Christian. Uh, honestly, I, I don't think he's he's not happy with 11th at all. And nor nor should he be, um, and uh, yeah, I think better days ahead. But uh, he's still I don't, like he's like he's talked about this in interviews and on his social media that him and the bike are not getting along as much as he would like them to be. And I, honestly, I'm not really all that surprised. Um, the The bike itself is a completely different machine than he's used to. Uh, throughout his entire career, going all the way back to uh, his mini days, I cannot recall a single time where Christian Craig rode or raced an Austrian motorcycle. He's always been on either Yamaha, Honda. Uh, I don't think he ever raced a Kawasaki um, or uh, yeah, Yamaha or Honda. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because he was on TLD Honda when he first came into the, the series. In fact, I think his first ever pro race was aboard a privateer Yamaha. And I think it was a 450, if I'm not totally mistaken. I'd have to bring up his vault. But, uh, and then he's obviously spent some time factory Honda, uh, as well as with Star Racing Yamaha, the Geico Honda guys, uh, basically back and forth between Honda and Yamaha's entire career, which 
is awesome if you stay on that bike, but the uh, the 2023 Husqvarna FC uh, 450RE is a very, that's a very complicated name for a dirt bike, um, is a very different bike than what he's used to. It's a chromoly frame. It's a completely different linkage system. It's a completely different type of shock. It's a completely different fork system. And for a guy who... Um, hasn't had a ton of time on that bike this being his first year on it like we've seen like we've seen Eli Tomac struggle with the 2018 uh Kawasaki like he like historically didn't love that bike and he he just going from Kawasaki to Kawasaki um so yeah wasn't uh wasn't totally uh blown away when I heard that uh, Christian Craig was was struggling with the bike but you know what? Better better days ahead, certainly for him. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a problem for everybody when he finally catches fire. Colt Nichols, uh, he gets a 13th, not where he wants to be, but from what I've heard, he's not spending a ton of time on the bike, uh, nursing a uh, an injury right now, which is a huge bummer. But um, like he had a pretty hot start to his season. Um, he's he's had some good starts, which I think was sort of helping. His um, his situation this year, this particular race, I believe, was his worst start so far. Uh, yes, his his start, his he's averaging a ninth place start, uh, and this last weekend was an eleventh. That totally uh, kind of, in fact, actually no, he was twelfth off the start. Um, so that kind of uh, gives you a little bit of a hint as to why. Uh, this was his least successful race so far on a 450. But uh, yeah, you know what? There's only so many top 10 spots. Like you look at the top 10 and you can't say there's a single guy who shouldn't be there. Um, and that's and that's why this class is so competitive. Um, huge shout out to Kevin Morans. I think we're going to call him up uh, later on this week for a podcast. Anytime a guy gets a career best, got to call him up and see how things are going on. Uh, might wait until the week after to call up a guy like Shane McElrath. Shane's a great guy uh, for coming on the podcast as often as he does. And uh, yeah, I would like to uh, pick the brain of a guy who's uh, kickstarting his heart and uh, racing for that Hep Suzuki team. Uh, last thing I want to talk about was uh, was Josh Joshua Cartwright. Wins wins a, a LCQ, great for him. Uh, he's been getting into the mains every single weekend. And like right now, Josh Cartwright is probably going to bed. Uh, he lives in Texas. He's an IT, um, IT guy who has a full-time job, uh, I, I assume four days out of the week. I'm sure he flies on the Friday. But regardless, he's... Uh, He's total privateering it. He's he's on the uh, uh, international Kawasaki team essentially, sort of doing his own thing as well. He's trans he's doing transportation with Bubba Polly and the rest of those guys. Um, and good on him. I think uh, um, he's essentially he he ended up essentially last uh, of the guys who actually finished all the laps, um, but nineteenth, continuously making the main events. Like he's made. Uh, I think all but one main event so far this season and uh, hats off to him. Great rides from him. Uh, the 519 year program, Fort Worth, Texas, looking good. Uh, he's got, uh, how many points has he had from the season? Uh, he's not listed. There's a lot of guys who have gotten uh, quite a bit of points so far this year. So Kevin Moran's is uh, 20th in points. There's, it's always a, a hotly contested spot. Let's see if I can open up the, uh, the total point standings. They'll show going even further back. 
Uh, yeah, Alex Ray is in 29th points with two points. Um, Josh Cartwright, 23rd, 11 points on the year. I uh, like he he needs to um, he needs to get maybe like three or four times that. So he needs to get about, probably about 40 points, uh, which is totally attainable. Um, we're we're only four races into a series that's 17 rounds. If he continues this trend. Uh, he'll end up somewhere around the 45 points range, and that might be good enough for a, a top 100 number, uh, which would be, I believe, his first time getting a national number, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, uh, yeah, I think it's. I don't think he has. A, he's had a, a national number before. If he has, I, I'm, and I'm mistaken. I apologize to him. But anyway, guys, uh, yeah. Heading off to uh, this weekend in Tampa. It's going to be a great race. Uh, it's a football layout, some long rhythm lanes, and a long Tampa or a long, a long sand section. Um, why did I say a long Tampa? That is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, uh, it's going to be a great race. Uh, hopefully, you guys are watching it. Hopefully, you guys are interacting on uh, on social media. Uh, huge shout out to um, all of my sponsors who make this possible. Race Tech, you can save uh, with Race Tech. Uh, I mentioned Big MX Radio. Uh, same thing goes for WSA. Let's be honest, you need to replace the wheels that are on your bike currently. So do so with W Wheels and save some money when you mention Big MX Radio. Uh, you get 20% off with Big MX 20 with Guts Racing, 10% off at uh, Luxon MX with Big MX at checkout. Um, you need to add some flavor to your meals with Heartbeat Hot Sauce. They're a great brand. They're available on Amazon as well as uh, my local grocery store. And you can go straight to the website, which is heartbeathotsauce.com. SKDA Graphics, um, great, great company. They uh, they support our, uh, our cause and actually supported us with... Uh, six $100 gift certificates in which I need to start giving one, giving more of those away. Uh, so you guys can stay tuned for that. They're also going to be doing the graphics on my bike this year. Last but not least, Phoenix Handlebars. Great company, great guys. They do an awesome job. Uh, and they also do the handlebars on Josh Cartwright's bike. And uh, yeah, he's been putting it uh, in the main. And uh, yeah, love to see those, uh, those Phoenix Handlebars in the main events. Uh, guys like Frederick Noren, as well as uh, John Short, who I think was he also in the main event? Yeah, I think another Texan in the main event this last weekend. Uh, yeah, it's 18th. A couple boys from Texas uh, on Cowies doing their thing. Um, but yeah, Phoenix Handlebars, go check them out. Big MX Radio or Big MX 15 saved you 15%. All right, guys, appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the podcast. Uh, like I said, if you guys have any questions or want to reach out, feel free to do so. Uh, this was about an hour-long conversation and then throw in the 20-minute interview with none other than Jordan Smith. And uh, yeah, it's a hundred. It's an hour and 20 minutes of gold. I'd like to hope so anyway. Hopefully you, uh, this uh, a solo podcast didn't turn any of you guys off, just me rambling here for about an hour. But it was a lot of fun for me to sort of comb through and get a better picture of what the championship looks like in both classes. Shout out to Sean Wedge, who's currently on the elliptical, uh, getting in his work so that him and I can uh, go to Alberta this weekend and we can both become world's champions uh, where he can probably collect another product, uh, 60, uh, 60, 60 and up uh, C-class championship. But uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for listening, guys. Take care.